0: you <music> the podcast that's been dedicated to bringing you the highs and lows of crushes, but we're shaking things up for the next couple of months to crush on a whole decade. Yep, we're talking all things 90s by breaking it down year by year with some familiar faces. Well, voices, like today's guest, Bradley Bruton, the host of The Pandemic and the co-host of Prevenge of the Nerds, who is here to talk about the year that had us all screaming, Hello, Wisconsin! And that's 1998. Bradley, how are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm even wearing my flannel.
0: Oh see, you're in you're in the mood. I have a crop top, so I think that's pretty 90s.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean it's my
0: pajamas, but still.
1: It still counts.
0: Yeah, so before we start and dive into the year, where can we find you and your shows online?
1: Yes, so you can find me on all the places: YouTube, Twitch, uh, Apple at the Pandemic or Prevenge of the Nerds. Pretty much anything out there, type in the pandemic and you'll find me. Alrighty.
0: Well, in 1998, we're going to get started. I was starting middle school and I was marinating in teen angst and that was on the horizon. My mom was not happy about that. But what (laughs) were you doing that year?
1: I was graduating from high school. I was a senior in high school uh, and it was fun. (laughs)
0: I mean when you look at those old it's crazy to look at like even like the i'll see videos of the class of 2002 2003 and it looks like so vintage it's crazy
1: yeah it is (laughs) i I, I look back and I, i look back at those pictures and i'm just like man I was a handsome dude. I wish I could look like that again. <laughs> I wish I had the body of my 19, of my 18-year-old self.
0: Isn't but, that crazy? I always think it was the worst at that time. Then you look back and you're like, it wasn't that bad.
1: Right? Yeah. I, I, I had him go in the military, uh, you know, the next year or so.
0: Mm. So that's yeah. probably why, out of all the things of 1998, Saving Private Ryan was one of your top choices.
1: It was. Uh, so... Um, story behind Saving Private Ryan is uh, I, was, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life, whether I wanted to go to college, whether, whether I wanted to do whatever, um, but I, I remember going to the movie and watching Saving Private Ryan when it came out in the theater, and after that, I was like, dude, I need to go in the military. And so that kind of set my life. I mean, I got to go all over the world. I mean, I've been to like 13 different countries. And I mean, I, my time in the Air Force was, was you know, was worth it, to say the least.
0: I mean, that's what I wish I knew about the Navy, because my friends that went in were stationed in Hawaii and my nephew went to Japan. And I'm like, dang, I chose wrong. Stupid college. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like it's, it's always one of those like the road that the road less traveled, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, I didn't get out when I did what you know would I've gone somewhere and, and been killed, you know, or, you know, or things like that. And you, it's just one of those things you look back and like, yeah, I I, I I went on the road. I got the T-shirt. I It, the, it doesn't fit anymore, but I still try.
0: Cut it out and um, sew it to the back of a jean jacket.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah actually uh my parents brought me a few months ago they found one of my old um bdus which is battle dress uniform one of one of my shirts from that i used to wear when i was in the service and uh, i mean it it you know i mean it was tight but i mean i could get it on but i, I offered it to all my kids and they're <laughs> like no <laughs> i'm like wow thanks <laughs>
0: but do they also like saving private ryan is this something you've shared with them since then are they old enough
1: um they're probably old enough but i don't think i i, I don't think i'm cool enough for her that yeah i can't i can't get him into war movies
0: i get that i mean i'm not a big war movie person as well but this movie it was like oscar winning oscar nominated in part to tom hanks and matt Damon doing such a great job were, th- were those sort of the two characters you kind of focused in on when you were getting inspired
1: yeah so i mean obviously tom hanks and in that role but also the situation of like you know this team going in to find this one guy who's from iowa which is where i'm from uh where like you know all five of his brothers have been killed in world war ii you know and like the whole time i'm thinking my grand i'm thinking of my grandpa who served in world war ii you know this was like man my grandpa's a hero i want to be a hero too and you know just like my grandpa would tell me stories and the stories changed uh from before I was in the military till after I was in the military definitely definitely it was different but yeah, I mean like uh Tom Hanks was amazing in that movie and I, I mean I think I think I think those between that and Forrest Gump are probably like some of his most memorable. Uh, movies. I mean, mo- most of Tom Hanks, you're gonna remember them But I mean, like as far as like like the the movies that are, that are gonna rattle off your tongue when you say Tom Hanks, like for me anyway, it's Forrest Gump, it's Saving pride Ryan. Then I go to Big, and you know because Big is just like one of the greatest movies that's ever been made. But you know that's that's uh, another story.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's when we do Christian on the 80s.
1: <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs>
0: that gonna be a little harder for me but i think i can do it because I, I i love pop culture so i'd love mm-hmm. to dive in so in 1998 i'm really shocked that tom hanks didn't get people's sexiest man which we're gonna talk about now because it's a little recurring segment we have since i talk about that issue of people magazine every year we're gonna talk about the sexiest man and who won most beautiful person for people uh do you have any guesses on who they were i'll give you a hint both are male <laughs>
1: okay uh let's see here 1998 i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess man i was really gonna guess tom hanks um i'm gonna guess michael jackson for both (laughs) no no uh, uh for for person of the year i'm gonna guess michael jackson and then as far as sexiest man... I'm going to go with George Clooney.
0: Good guess. George Clooney's, I think, taken it a couple times. But in 1998, uh, the sexiest man alive was declared to be Harrison Ford. And the most beautiful person was Leonardo DiCaprio. They both had huge hits the year before with yeah. Air Force One and Titanic. So it made some sense.
1: Yeah, that Yeah, that just makes sense. Titanic's 25th anniversary is this year, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. They,
0: they released a really weird poster where Rose has curly hair and also straight hair so it's a really it's um going viral for some weird edits
1: <laughs> right I know the theater that I work at we're getting it and I'm I, I want to do like some uh, like an ultimate uh ultimate like Valentine's Day thing around that movie but we'll we'll see what if that happens but Harrison Ford man leave it to me like I, my brain doesn't go straight to Star Wars this is like the first time ever <laughs> but that's awesome Harrison Ford. <laughs> Han will always shoot first.
0: I mean, he is. I mean, looking back, he was very, very. I mean, he's still a handsome guy. But you see those older pictures, like the first Star Wars. Oh my God, heartthrob through and right? through. If I was in the '70s, I definitely old enough. I definitely would have tried to get with that guy. He was so gorgeous.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean, dude, dude's still rocking, and he's in his like what late '80s now.
0: I mean he's up there he's up there but he's still and he's every time he does an interview i swear he is on some herbal refreshments
1: <laughs> uh you know what I'm, I'm thinking you're probably right there I, like so i remember when and i don't know if it's true or not but like uh, sean connery is only like four or five years older than harrison ford
0: oh wow seems a lot older could, right
1: yeah hmm, that's it, weird yeah because i mean he was his dad in indiana jones but <laughs>
0: But They always do that, don't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs>
0: they're only like two years older and they're like, you're a mom now. <laughs> but since we're talking about Leo Harrison Ford and we're on movies, we're going to stick with the movies of 1998. And a couple mm-hmm. that came out that already had kind of a fandom built into them due to them being Disney and, well, introducing Pixar. Um The musical adventure of mulan and a bug's life um with mulan we were nearing the end of that sort of disney renaissance that era where disney movies were very like broadway inspired with all the music and everything and this was the first time for me that i felt the female lead was like a sort of badass uh do you think disney was maybe nervous about this release making her not so princessy
1: yeah and i think the marketing showed for that too because they didn't go all in with the marketing for mulan um uh, but but i i like the, the animated version better than the live action version oh, for, for sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but and i remember because i mean i i was also i've been in martial arts my entire life like we we're all pumped for that movie we we're like yes disney martial arts movie Please. As I
0: was going to say, we were learning about my school district, uh, bless their hearts, they tried, but we were learning about Chinese history, and our teacher was like, hey, there's this new movie, Mulan. Let's pop it in. And I was like, I don't think that goes with the lesson but it's cool and we only got through half of it in class and i was really upset so i made my mom go buy the vhs like that weekend i was like i gotta know how it ends mom (laughs) but it did you know they might have been nervous but it did pretty well it was the number seven uh movie that year but as for bug's life it did a bit better it was number five and along with toy story we talked about tom hanks it's probably one of his biggest movies it set up this sort of like thing with pixar where they're like let's take a thing that doesn't talk and have feelings and give it a voice and feelings (laughs) like we have cars and i mean they even have inside out where they have emotions have emotions do you think there's anything like you would want to see brought to that pixar format we haven't seen yet
1: hmm that's a great question i think probably have a, yeah, I want to. I want to see. I mean, because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I want to see a Star Wars. I want to see Pixar Star Wars, something or other, like that sort of animation. Doesn't have to be. A, definitely not like a Skywalker or anything like that. But I want to see something with droids and space, or doesn't even really have to be Star Wars. But I want sci-fi. I want. I want to go science fiction, just so they could really, really like make it out there and awesome.
0: I wonder if they would, well they've done. I was gonna say robots, but we have Wall-E, but he didn't really have a mm-hmm. voice, and that was I think a very adult movie. <laughs> I don't know yeah. a lot of kids that love Wall-E, but yeah, I, I think something sci-fi definitely for sure.
1: Now you were talking about Mulan, so uh, so Mi- Ming Na Wen, who was the uh, the who was the voice for Mu- Mulan, mm-hmm. do you know what else she's been in?
0: Yeah, she was in um,
1: the book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett, and she was in Agents of Shield. She was Chung Lee. Yeah, she. So like she's them. been, yeah. So she's been in. She so she's got ties to Marvel, Disney, Star, and Star Wars.
0: I think the only other person to do that has maybe been Samuel Jackson. Yeah, because I mean, he was frozen. <laughs>
1: yeah, because he was frozen. Mace Windu, and uh, Nick Fury. So yeah there's to a go. few
0: others i had to do an article about who had like you know we do have we have the Ega. we were trying to think of what to call like if you've been in marvel disney and star wars we couldn't think of a cool like acronym but ega yeah we were trying to do that but yeah oh, well, okay. she has it and samuel jackson those are the two that come to mind
1: yeah and samuel jackson just amazing
0: i mean what hasn't he been in <laughs>
1: Uh, not well. I mean, hey, especially when you're talking about credit cards, <laughs> Capital <laughs> I One.
0: Capital One is he the Capital One guy?
1: Yeah, he's a Capital One guy.
0: <laughs> uh, I swear they're they're doing the most damage to the environment because I get the most junk mail from them.
1: Oh, I know. Like, I know. I wish uh, I, I, w- I, I wish that, like you could just sign them like, hey, I don't I don't want a credit card right now. But uh... yeah,
0: like where do I read Samuel Jackson or Jennifer Gardner to tell them to stop? <laughs>
1: can you imagine the deal that they got for doing the credit card commercials though Been like I mean, you probably they probably have credit cards no not that they need it anyway yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know they're you know they, they have millions of dollars but like hey here's free everything you know man
0: mm-hmm. to be a celebrity but yeah Rising. We're talking about Disney, and another Disney movie that went on to be sort of this, like, cult classic over the years is Halloween Town. It was a Disney Channel original movie, but it sort of became as popular around that time of year as Hocus Pocus. Was that something, like, you watched at the time or maybe watched since with your kids?
1: So I never watched it when it came out, but my oldest daughter, who is 20 now... When she was, I came into her life when she was seven. I adopted her when she was nine, nine or ten, nine. Uh, and uh, she would watch Halloween, t- Halloween Town and Halloween Town 2 all of the time. <laughs> like from September to like on November, she would watch that thing all. Yes, I have seen that those movies many of times.
0: Do you get its like appeal?
1: Yes and no. I, so I think, like, for me, I would just zone out. So like when she would put those in, it was nap time for me. So I never, like, I, I never paid a lot of attention to it. But I, but she was crazy for it. She loves that movie. So it definitely has something in there. And and I like the, those kind of movies to kind of bring in, you know, that scary but not really scary stuff. You know,
0: I call uh, them, like gateway movies.
1: Yeah, Megan is a really good... The new movie Megan is a really good example of that, too, for a reason. Uh, My 10-year-old saw it, and she was just... She loved it. Uh, And I I feel that was a really good gateway horror movie.
0: Well, we're going to stick with... uh, Not horror, but we're going to stick with like the Disney realm and fairy tales. Because Mm -hmm. in 1998, we got a new Cinderella, thanks to Drew Barrymore and Ever After. And this is no shade to any of the other movies, but this one is my favorite version of it because it kind of took the classic and it felt a little fresher it wasn't as glitzy do you think that's the problem with all these live action disney movies they don't flip the script enough
1: i think i think yes and no i I think that they can't find that happy medium of turning something new they either go all the way too far or they or or not enough so it's either like and you, when you're doing a remake, especially on, on these beloved things like, you know, Little Mermaid and, and all that stuff, you know, there, there's you have to like, I want to keep everybody happy that loves the movie. But you know, we're wanting we to say something. So we have to, you know, what do we have to do to, to say what we want to say? So, I mean, I give them I, I give people credit for trying a lot of this stuff. Um, but I, I think a lot of times they just go they actually go too far.
0: Yeah, I think it's like Like you said Like It's a beloved thing And it, it's gonna be Really hard to top A classic It's mm-hmm. like Trying to do I don't know Like the Wizard of Oz Or something like that I mean they did it with Like um, that, You know The Broadway play mm-hmm. And everything But Wicked yeah, but with like Disney, and especially in the Disney Renaissance, those movies are kind of like, don't touch. That's why I like the Jungle Book one, because it's like, that one's so old and it's not as shiny and brand new with the songs and everything. I think that one did fine, but mm-hmm. once they started touching like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, I was like a little hesitant. I'm going to give Little Mermaid a chance because that girl can sing, so I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm not going to be like, eh, yet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and I think that they get in this thing. Like, I mean, I don't. If if you tell a good story and you're and you're true to the story that you're telling, I don't care. Just you're going to get my money no matter what. You know, just uh, I I feel like everything now. They just I, I don't think people that are that a lot of these people that are that are in charge of these movies really love what they're doing like I, i'm thinking and i'm trying to am saying this all wrong but i'm thinking like you're gonna get this director and the producers and they're in love with this and they have an amazing story and then they tell their story and it goes up to the next person the the guy in the suit and they're like no we need to put x y and z in here and that's what things go wrong I, I think that's what's wrong with the dc universe as well i, I don't think that there's not a lot of love, love there you know like uh you know but like i, I feel like you because you could see the, the the nuggets of like Hey, this is what the story that I was trying to tell. And I, you know, then you're like, man, well, what happened? You started so good and then just went off.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, right? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> But on the opposite side of the spectrum of Disney, we had a lot of raunchy comedies that air like can't hardly wait. And there's something about Mary, which did incredibly well in theaters that year. And I feel like movies that like that, they either sink or swim both back then, but Mary just kind of swam like an Olympian. And thinking back, did you think at the time that movie was going to be as big and as everlasting as it became?
1: Uh, there's something about Mary. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, to me it was just another comment i actually like can't hardly wait more than i liked uh, something about mary um but no i did not i like and i probably haven't seen um uh, that movie since the 90s to be honest i i mean it's it's good it's fine it's and if it's on, if i'm going through the channels and it's on i'd probably watch it for a little while but um yeah there's something about mary i i get the, you know the, it has a couple of funny parts uh, like the hair gel and thing you know like that but the rest of it i was like eh, it's fine
0: i agree with you can't hardly wait is superior to me and i think probably for you you were graduating that year so this movie kind of fit perfectly into your mm. life
1: i mean and it was jennifer love hewitt <laughs> yeah. and like i mean everybody loved jennifer love hewitt
0: I mean, when she walks in, it's slow motion. Ethan Embry is just adorable. I, I freaking with Seth Green is probably the standout of the cast, though, as Kenny, the Absolutely.
1: wannabe rapper. Yeah, it was was Idle Hands at that year as well?
0: Idle Hands? I'm not sure. But if it was, he was having a lot of success that year. Yeah. <laughs> um, For me, though, I got to go see the cast did like a kind of like a talk or something about the movie and it was a really good night i have the vhs and my goal was to get like everyone in that movie to sign it because there's just so many stars and i've, I've only gotten like three or four.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome though and the fact that it's on a vhs man
0: yeah, I tried to get Jennifer Love Hugh when she did a book signing at uh, when I was in college. But I didn't have any money to like get the book, so I was like, "Darn, um, one day, one day, if I ever move back to California, it's still on my list."
1: Yeah, she's really good in Nine One
0: One. She is.
1: I like her in that show.
0: <laughs> oh, she's. I mean, I watched that up until it got a little crazy with the flood, and then I, I know <laughs> I fell off
1: i know it's that's it was so bad like (laughs) okay how i mean i get you you gotta cause drama and but these like how many natural disasters can this california have i mean like
0: (laughs) just la too just la
1: (laughs) right right (laughs)
0: another like rom-com or you know kind of comedy that year that was a cute love story was the wedding singer i, mean, I feel like this was the start of adam sandler's kind of like rom-com phase mm. but i also think i don't think adam sandler would be a rom-com lead unless he was the one like backing it with happy madison do you agree
1: <laughs> absolutely and well that and, and with drew barrymore because those two together are magic i mean the those two i, I they could you don't even need a plot for a movie but put those two in there and make it and have it set in the nut in the 80s and you're gonna win
0: <laughs> uh, my husband recently went on a five minute rant about how the wedding singer is the best 80s period piece <laughs> ever <laughs>
1: he's not wrong uh he's 100 percent correct
0: (laughs) all those movies as wonderful as they are couldn't compare to the number one movie from that year which i've never actually seen because space legit scares me and that is armageddon but what i did love about that movie the freaking song from aerosmith um i was like really shocked it wasn't in the top 10 for that year but yeah because there was like a lot of romantic songs there was shania twain's you're still the one truly madly deeply from savage garden casey and jojo's all my life and a couple of others do you remember this year being as romantic as the charts made it appear
1: you know i do but it, but it, it could have just been my hormones as an 18 year old <laughs> male <laughs> but you know i don't want to miss a thing uh, i mean we all sang it and we all danced to it and and in at prob and all those. I mean, I have very very fond memories of that song.
0: It's so good, and it doesn't it have to be from this year. But do you have like a favorite love song?
1: I do. Um, it, the my wife and I song, which is uh, "You" by Collective Soul.
0: Oh. Yes. You kept it nineties. <laughs>
1: yeah, I did keep it nineties. Well, it, was, it came a little bit after, but oh. but Collective Soul is definitely like. I gravitate towards like 90s music and like, what are they doing now? I mean, Ugly Kid Joe just released a new album and it's actually pretty decent.
0: You're keeping those 90s bands fed. I am, I <laughs>
1: am. Uh, there's a singer, uh, I don't know if you remember the band Crossfade from the late 90s. Mm-mm. They had a couple of pretty good, like, they might have been earlier to uh, Double Odds, but um, they had a couple of bigger rock Anthem songs, but the, the singer Mark Wilkelson he went on to do uh, more like singer songwriter stuff and is fantastic. <laughs> like, like, yeah.
0: So, but you know, all those bands, all these like romantic songs, but I found funny is that the number one song that year was more on the other side of love the sexual side it was next too close and for those who don't remember the course starts baby when we're grinding that's right i get so excited so on top of people being in love people were really you know they're gone co go about the the other side as a parent are there any songs today that you hear and you're like hmm what's going on there
1: yes uh very much so, a uh, little bit less with my 20 year old, cause I mean, she's a grown woman and she's in <laughs> Seattle and you know, she gets to do, do live her life. But like a couple of years ago when she was still at home, she would be playing things and I'd be like, um, uh, I don't know how I feel about this right now. <laughs> I mean, if the when, it, when she would take over the radio, Kendall, I love you. She would say, okay, is it okay if I play the non-clean version? <laughs>
0: like oh
1: boy uh but she's she all she listens to is show tunes now and it's fantastic
0: yeah i mean back in the day they were letting us play that i remember it would play at middle school dances and i was like but at the time i didn't really i guess i didn't really listen that deeply to it Mm -hmm. but as i got older and i was like oh remember that song i was like this is wild this song is a lot
1: there's a lot of songs from back then. Like I'll listen to now, and I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> I, I that that's kind of not good. <laughs>
0: it's like, wow, our parents. Well, we ha- I talked about this in 1994. Our parents just were not paying attention to what we were doing for mo- the most part. <laughs> so,
1: would you say parents just don't understand?
0: I don't think they wanted to. They were busy. <laughs> they were- <laughs> so like armageddon i only really knew the song that goes with the dawson's creek the theme song by paula cole because for me wasn't a show i was into i was like i don't get this it was a little too emotional for me but was that something you tuned into you were a teenager maybe it was
1: i did not i i like you i i think i watched like one episode and i found it really stupid
0: yeah, I was going through the channels one day, and I stopped on it, and I believe it was Michelle Williams was, like, in a church or something crying, and I was like, this is just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I, I and I don't mind, like, the soapy stuff, but I, I could never get into in Dawson's Creek. Uh, you know, well, I guess Smallville came out in 99, I believe.
0: Yeah, it was a little later. But well, I will say Dawson's Creek, I did a series where I just watched series finales, and Dawson's Creek has a really good series finale. I was enthralled. Didn't Really? Know, yeah. I didn't know anything about what happened previously, but I was really enthralled by their finale. So, you know, they, they did good at the end. For me, I don't know how their fans feel, but for me, it was good.
1: <laughs> I, they're always good. Everybody's going to always want more.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it is when you get attached to a show. Yeah. At least two seasons, You, they're your friends. They're your weekly oh, yeah. friends. But a show that I did watch back then was that 70s show, which it's incredibly hard, I feel, to make a show that's kind of centered around an era and have it work so well. There's a lot that try and fail. They did it perfectly. But are you hopeful for that 90s show?
1: Yes, it comes out tomorrow. I know, so uh, and I am so excited as well. Uh, I will say, um, I did just watch the new Night Court. How'd you like it? It was absolutely stupid
0: <laughs> not a fan
1: no it was so bad and it was bad i i don't even know if i can give it another episode i because they released three i think and i just watched the first one and obvious <laughs> it was obvious laugh tracks and the jokes weren't even funny except for like maybe two parts and you're like you're laughing at this okay
0: My friend Dre, he runs, he hosts masturbators, and he does these brackets for like um, public polls, and he did Uh, TV sitcoms. And Night Court whooped Frasier's behind, and I was so upset. I was like, I swear, NBC Peacock is paying people to vote for this for promotion. How is it beating (laughs) Frasier?
1: Yeah, um, Frasier is definitely better than Night Court. Frasier is like one of the best shows that came out of the '90s.
0: So amazing. Mm-hmm. But for that nineties show, what are some nineties things that you hope they like put into the plot or that we might just see in the background or just like, you know, things they're they're gonna incorporate.
1: Definitely we're gonna get some grunge in there. I think so though. I think there'll be a lot of Nirvana references, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Um, uh, which my very first concert was actually Soundgarden in Skid Row. Wow.
0: Uh, yes,
1: yes. I I I actually touched the uh, Soundgarden's bus, and I was 13 years old. I went my mom and my sister, and Chris Cornell gave me a high five. I had no idea who he is at that time, and, and <laughs> I I accidentally washed my hands afterwards. But yes, I got a high five from Chris Cornell.
0: Were you go? Was your mom the fan? Your sister?
1: <laughs> my sister is my sister, and my mom really. Oh, wow. yeah. But yeah, wow. we went for Skid Row and, and we I didn't I never we never heard of Soundgarden and they rocked it so bad. It was so amazing.
0: So you were a fan after that?
1: Oh yes.
0: I mean that happens sometimes. The opener sometimes you're like, hmm, I'm gonna walk away a him. that's a good thing oh yeah but it's horrible when the opener makes you want to just like lay down and take a nap
1: yep absolutely
0: (laughs) that's Uh... the opposite i'm like oh i'm too old for them to be standing during this (laughs) (laughs) i want a seat (laughs) so what i hope we do see in that 90s show even though i did not watch this show i just think it's so funny that dr quinn medicine woman was a series i think that's a weird concept and it was a hit show did you watch that one i did not <laughs>
1: um i was so i think the show that i probably watched the most out of the 90s was, was probably the next generation star trek. Uh, yep star trek the next generation uh, and i uh, i i think that was probably like my favorite but uh, yeah dr quinn uh uh-uh. uh
0: what a weird I, concept, like an old timey doctor, like in the what she's like in the West or Pioneer yeah. Times. Like I'm just like that and Murder, She Wrote, I like these are wild shows.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. In, in, I'm actually surprised that Murder, She Wrote has not been remade.
0: Uh, they're actually working on a Murder, She Wrote-like show with Retta, I believe from Parks and Rec.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I
0: know. I was like. It was already weird in the '90s. Why are we? She obviously was murdering people,
1: right? (laughs) And what and what a twist with that is that though too. I mean, like,
0: I I wouldn't put it past (laughs) her. But and I think a show that we are definitely going to see referenced if they get to this. I don't know what era they're kind of probably more grunge. So maybe not. Uh, so that's early nineties, but I think they're going to definitely pull some Seinfeld because that was oh like yeah. the biggest show. And it actually ended in 1998. Did you tune into the finale? Cause I remember the night it went off and it was a huge deal.
1: I did. Uh, I remember, I, I remember the finale. Yes. I also remember almost missing it because I was high. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I love Seinfeld. You, Jerry Seinfeld was a genius for making a show about nothing and it just becoming everything.
0: Well, like I said, uh, my friend Dre, Masturbators, he did uh, that bracket with the sitcoms and Seinfeld took it all. They were the the number one out of all the votes. But what do you think makes that show so representative of that decade?
1: I think it's just the group of people that that it was i mean because uh um seinfeld and and oh my gosh why well, can't think of his name uh george
0: he, kramer G-
1: uh, yep george kramer and yeah, yeah and Eli- Eileen. eileen i think I, they all were just so good i mean like like friends was different this is like seinfeld was like the anti-friends mm-hmm. i was like you could see the things happening in Seinfeld. You could actually like, hey, I, yeah, I can relate to this with my friend Bobby Joe, Neil Hare, you know, whatever. But with with, with friends, it was just kind of like, eh, that's okay.
0: The <laughs> Friends fanatic.
1: It's okay. Um, my wife loves Friends, but like, I if I had a choice, Seinfeld or Friends, I I would watch Seinfeld all the time.
0: <laughs> I think there's people I feel like friends are like yeah it's either you are like uh, like you have to be like 110% or you're like it's fine or there's like that third person who absolutely hates it with the passion <laughs> which for us, that's kind of every, a lot of things but friends seems to be one of the biggest things for that
1: yeah I mean I, and I for what it was when it came out it, you know b- bravo I mean you're like these people are making a million dollars an episode you know hey more power to you you, you came up with something. You executed it. Great job. I mean, you found a way to keep it going forward. You know, you try to spin off with Joey because Joey was the best part of the show. Uh, you know, uh, they tried really hard to get, was it Lazy Cat to be popular? I mean, Smelly Cat. Smelly Cat. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I, and it had its stuff, but man, like, uh, Seinfeld, Seinfeld is way superior to Friends. <laughs>
0: Well, um, for me Phoebe was the was the best part of the show. But now we're gonna do a little one well, another segment, we're gonna do popcorn questions. So I have yes. questions, I have fifty, so just give me a number one through fifty, we'll do five and we'll see how it goes.
1: All right, well my, let's start with number eight. That's my favorite number.
0: Do you owe money to Columbia House for any CDs? Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like shh. They're watching. What if that's Capital One? What if that's what Capital One became?
1: Oh, you know <laughs> what? You were on to something there. That I mean
0: And they're trying to get they're gonna if you send that back, they're gonna see your name and all your information, and they'll be like, Oh, and by the way, you owe us three hundred dollars for collective soul CDs.
1: Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and John and and the Young Guns Two soundtrack. <laughs>
0: I always would like be like, Mom, I want these ones, and she'd be like, Oh, sure, and she'd never get them for me.
1: Right. I remember like the the it it, it would come in like the newspaper, and it would have a place where you could tape a penny to it to Mm -hmm. send it back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, your next number.
1: Uh, let's do uh let's do forty three, my age.
0: Okay, so you go to the Scholastic Book Fair with twenty dollars in your pocket. Your mom and dad are feeling great that day. What are you buying?
1: I am buying. Not books. I'm buying toys.
0: <laughs> oh, you're the you're the Ferrari poster, bookmark, yep. eraser kid.
1: Yep, yep. Or or graphic novels. I take that. Like, oh, I, would, I would do graphic novels if they had them um some because some sometimes they would sometimes they wouldn't some, so sometimes you get lucky and there might be like a spider-man or, or an x-men something or other possibly x-men because of the animated series so
0: you strike me as a kid who would buy the how to draw comics and animal books
1: mm, yep and, and i that's what i found out that i couldn't draw
0: <laughs> me too
1: my <laughs> brother got right. that skill yep mine too <laughs>
0: <laughs> he could literally just look at something, draw. <laughs> it. Me, I'm like, still, I still draw probably the same as maybe when I was 16.
1: <laughs> Me too.
0: Where the skills stopped. All right, <laughs> Next number.
1: Let's do, uh, let's do 21.
0: So there was Darkwing Duck, there was the Mighty Ducks, there was Ducktales. So, in your opinion, why were ducks so cool in the 90s?
1: Why were ducks so cool in the 90s?
0: <laughs> what, were, what were? I mean, what study could they have done to be like, kids love ducks? <laughs>
1: That's a great question. I I, I, I would have to say that um, because of the color scheme, white, the bright orange beak, and the only ducks we knew was Donald, and he talked funny, really. <laughs> uh, and then you built on his family because he was he was related to, uh, uh to to, was, was it Uncle Scrooge his uncle?
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and right, right. I think a female duck that might have been involved. It's been Daisy? a while. <laughs> yeah, there was Daisy and there was like another. Yeah. There's a lot of ducks in the 90s.
1: That, that's <laughs> oddly weird. I'm actually going to do research on that.
0: <laughs> I, you know, this is also Capital One.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next number.
1: Let's do... Uh, I was 18 in 1998. So let's do 18.
0: All right. So it's Friday night and you're going to make it a blockbuster night. What are you renting? What are I three am, movies that you're like gonna throw some cash at?
1: All right. I'm gonna rent Batman 89. I am going to rent Big Trouble in Little China. And I am going to uh, test the waters if get something. Uh, was it? Am, am I 18 or am I not 18 at this time?
0: Well, you could be 18.
1: Okay. 18. Okay. So then, then I'm definitely gonna want something like probably Jean Claude Van Damme. So you get that one or two good scenes of boobs in there (laughs) um so like probably like blood sport kickboxer, double team you know definitely a van damme movie
0: my mom was in love with rob van with him Mm called john claude van damme not rvd the wrestler but she would watch like universal soldier all the freaking time she's like he's so hot
1: you know, she's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, that, muscles from Brussels. <laughs>
0: I was like, I don't think this is appropriate for my age, but let's keep watching it, Mom. Bring it. <laughs> Again, they just didn't want to understand back
1: then. <laughs> <And> yeah.
0: <laughs> your last number?
1: Uh, let's, do, uh, let's do 50.
0: All right. So back in the day, Nickelodeon made this time capsule. Uh, in the 90s, what would you have put in that represented the 90s?
1: I would have put my flannel, my red and white checkered flannel shirt. <laughs> it had a hood on it. Ooh. I think it's still in my bedroom closet at at my parents' house. Uh, you know what? No, let's take it back. I, I would do. I'd put a VHS tape. Do you have like one in
0: mind, like the e. best nineties? Et. Oh no, not oh.
1: Et. Uh, I didn't, dude, that didn't come in the nineties. Let's see here, probably probably I'm going to say my probably it's my Saving Private Ryan double VHS tape
0: Ooh, gotta love the double VHS hmm <laughs> wait hold on the movie's not over we just have to put in the other tape
1: right uh, <laughs> you know the one that was the worst with the double D VHS hmm. fellowship of the ring
0: <laughs> oh god it's crazy to think that came out when VHS's were still going
1: do you know what the last movie that was released on VHS is? Um,
0: I'm going to go maybe Shrek.
1: No, it was like it was Spirit. It was like a, oh, some ho- was like a horse, a horse movie.
0: movie. Yeah. The horse girls everywhere could have one last VHS.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, our last thing is if you were the age you are now but in 1998, what do you think your life would be like?
1: I think it'd be pretty cool because I'm going to make the best of what I got with whatever I got. So, um, I think that it'd be different. I'd probably I, I'd probably been more of a military guy. I don't take a lot a lot of things too serious, so I think I probably would have I think it'd be I think it'd be pretty good. It was
0: a good life. It's I, yeah. I mean
1: there's good Yeah. Time. Yeah, it was a good time. We we're you know, we we're pre pre two thousand one and uh, we're it, still the fun. peace War. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, we had like Saving Private Ryan, but we also had Can't Hardly Wait. So things were still kind of balanced.
1: <laughs> I probably would have moved to L.A. to try to become an actor. That's what I was going to do. That was my plan when I went in the military. I was like, I'm going to do my, my time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go be an actor.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you could have in the next year, 99, if you'd done that, what would you have been in? We could have been the Sopranos.
1: Right? That would have been awesome. I, just, I All I wanted to be is a guy that gets killed on, on the moon or in the show.
0: <laughs> or you could have been a voice on Futurama or Family Guy that started in there.
1: I would love to be a voiceover. I do voiceovers. I think would be awesome.
0: I know. I always wanted to do that as well. Was, my dream is like, be a Disney character because you're going to get paid for life.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. But before we say adios to 1998, can you remind people where they can find you and the pandemic and pre the nerds online?
1: Yes, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, uh, Spotify, Twitch, YouTube. You can also check out my books. Yes, plural. I have written two kids' books. One is Lovely, Not My Awesome. And the second one is, is Stuffed Animal Night Force Versus. The Dream Invaders. And you can find those on Amazon.
0: Ooh. The stuffed animal one sounds crazy.
1: It's awesome. It's all about uh, stuffed animals that come alive to ward off bad dreams.
0: Ooh, I like that. I would have loved that as a kid.
1: However, I will say, when I was putting this whole thing together, making a title of a book starting on stuffed animals doesn't help me in the search category. <laughs>
0: well, I my pop up, like, in books. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, but, Bradley, thank you again for coming back and talking about everything 1998 with me. And everyone, you can find all that information below. And until next time, as always, keep crushing it.